All right. This year is our year of hope. And our text is taken from Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 to verse 8. And uh, it's a very powerful theme. And uh, from this passage, from our key verses, I would like to launch into a, a new series, you know, for the messages on the, uh, during the, the, the uh, weekend services. Now, we know that Jeremiah prophesied around the year 600 B.C. And he has witnessed the fall of his beloved nation. The northern kingdom had fallen, and the southern kingdom is about to fall. And here was the weeping prophet crying for his nation. And it is in that time that he brought a message of hope to the people. John Albright, an Episcopal rector, holds the Guinness Book of Records for preaching the shortest sermon. He went up to the pulpit very elegantly. He opened the scriptures and he said one word, love. Closed the Bible, went down, took his seat. And that entered into the book of records as the shortest sermon ever preached. One word. Now, I'm not trying to break his record. Definitely not. But somebody else did. Another pastor just went up to the pulpit and just said, the Lord has not given me any sermon today. So he dismissed the service and he went fishing. And he entered into the church book of records and he was an unemployed the next week. <laughs> but if there is one word from Jeremiah, if there is one message from Jeremiah, in the midst of all the threats and the dangers and the gloomy, bleak future, that one word sermon from Jeremiah would be trust. Trust. Everything is falling apart and yet Jeremiah would come up with his one message to the nation. Trust. In fact, he not only preached that message of trust, he acted it out in his life. And almost in a parabolic form, when everything is falling apart, the Babylonians are invading, economy is down, property prices going down, nobody wants to buy. And yet, he bought a plot of land to show his extreme trust in God. Who would ever do that? But to show this message of trust, even though everything is falling apart and the future is so uncertain. And so that's why we like to look into, even for the next few weeks, on trusting God. Now, we have, you have heard many messages on faith, on hope. 
But seldom have I heard messages on trust. But looking into the book of Jeremiah, I think this is one area that we need to learn. We take it for granted, oh, trust God. Of course I trust God. But look into your life, really. When you face a difficult situation, when you don't understand the dealings of God, do you really still trust Him? Trusting God is our new series then. Bible says in Jeremiah 17 verse 7, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. That's our key verse. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Another version says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Hope and trust are intertwined together. Trust. Jeremiah says again and again, trust in God. And so from this text today, I'd like to share on trust. It all depends on who you depend on. Really, in life, it all depends on who you depend on. Now, I might say that this title is not original. I took it from Rick Warren, who preached this message in an eight-part series on the Beatitudes. But I thought that title is striking, and it is exactly what Jeremiah is talking about. It all depends on who you depend on. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor that. It all depends on who you depend on. Amen. What does it mean to trust? The, the dictionary says it is the belief that someone, something is reliable, good, honest, or effective. Now the word trust occurs in the Old Testament 152 times. Of course, you know that the Hebrew word or I can, uh, it has been translated differently, just like the word hope and the word trust in different versions. But basically, it talks about, you know, taking refuge, leaning upon, staying upon, having confidence, be safe with, or to place our security with. In short, to trust God means to depend and to rely on God and no one else for everything. Just depending and relying on God. No one else for everything in your life. All of us do face trust issues in life. Trust is important. It is almost sacred. And once that trust is broken, it's so very hard to gain it back. Trust does not come overnight. When you meet a stranger, do you immediately trust the stranger with everything he says? Of course not. You give him the benefit of the doubt. You may take 50% of what he says, but you don't fully trust that person yet. But some people are so gullible, they do not have not met the person, just encounter the person online and yet trust the person and transfer money into the person's account. That's where scams happen. 
But trust is built up over time. Trust is slow to grow and can be quickly broken. But trust is so essential in life. Husbands and wives, if they, they, they do not trust one another, the marriage is on the rock. And marriage counselors always face this issue. Maybe the husband or the wife had a, have an affair or seemingly have an affair and the trust is broken. And to put the couple back together, one person may say, okay, I forgive him, but I can never trust him again. He broke my trust. And one of the harshest one of, the, one of the most heartbreaking words that we can ever say is he broke my trust. I trusted him. And yet, he broke that trust. If your boss does not trust you to do the job, how long will you stay at your job? If he is always looking over your shoulder what you are doing, hey, you can't work in that kind of environment. Parents who do not trust their children, what will happen? They will lock up their children in the house. They will not even allow the children to, to go out because they do not trust their children and what they will do out there. So trust is so very important in life and we face all kinds of trust issues. You see, trust is gained and lost. Given and taken back. And the sad thing about life is when we experience the negative side of trust, we lose trust in people completely. We do not trust anybody else. And that kind of negativity can affect our life. These, are trust, these trust issues are very, very real. Any sports team depends on the trust among the team members. In the NBA or in the Premier League, you find that they do not depend on just one good player. The good player also cannot just depend on himself. They must learn to pass the ball to the other team player to shoot or to score. And the coach is always talking about teamwork. They must trust one another. Otherwise, they cannot win the race or the game. And so you find that in life, trust is so critical in our life and in our relationships. Not just with one another, but also with God. And the issue with God is even more serious. Can you trust God? Think back over your life. Have you really trusted God? Can you trust God when you lose your loved one? Can you trust God when you just lost your job? Can you trust God after praying for so many years you have not seen the salvation of your loved one? Can you still trust Him and His promises? Real issues that we grapple with. 
That's why the message of Jeremiah is so important for us. Trust. Who are you going to trust? That's very rough English, huh? Proper English is in whom are you going to trust? But that doesn't sound so catchy. Who are you going to trust? If there are two persons there, a beggar, shabbily dressed, and a businessman, and they say, hey, give me 100 ringgit, I will invest your money and make money for you. Who are you going to trust, the beggar or the well-dressed man? God says, don't put your trust in people. Don't depend on people. Relying on people instead of God sets us up for failure. Jeremiah 17 verse 5. Curse is the one who trusts in man. Whoa, such a powerful, such a strong language. Curse is the one who trusts in man. Whose heart turns away from the Lord. You see, the first option, the first response from us is to trust in man. The option here is not just trusting in man and trusting in God. But rather than trusting in God, there is a departure. The heart is turned away from God. When you trust in man and your heart is turned away from God, that's where the curse comes. God says you will not bless that kind of alliance. You see, the context of it is Jeremiah writing in his time. And there was the threat of the Babylonian invasion. So what did Israel do? What did Judah do? They turned to Egypt. They turned to Egypt for help. They have signed a military contract or a, military, military, uh, a treaty with Egypt. They turned to Egypt for help instead of turning to God. That's why Jeremiah says, curse is the one who trusts in man. The problem of Judah and Israel is that, is that of idolatry. But idolatry is not just setting up an image of a goddess or a god in your house or in the nation. Idolatry is a heart departing from God and setting up and relying, putting your trust in man, in things, in your own accomplishments rather than in God himself. That's why idolatry, idols in the heart. And God has problem with that. And God says that man will not be blessed. What will happen? He will be in despair, like a bush. Diminish, a bush in the wastelands, deprived. He will not see prosperity and deserted. Dwelling in the parched places. That's what happens when there is misplaced trust. You have trusted in people. And many times, disappointed. It did not turn out the way you expected. Pastors face the same situation. We deal with people. We place trust in people. They come to us. They tell sob sob stories. And we trusted them. Okay, this is the truth. Huh? And then we help them. And later we discover, hey, it's not true at all. And all kinds of situations. Business contracts. 
you know, you thought, wow, you know, I enter into business, you know. Not just with any businessman, but even a spirit-filled Christian businessman. And you thought, surely lah, he's spirit-filled ma. He attends GT some more ma. He knows Pastor Vincent some more ma. Sure can trust one So you sign a contract and after that, man, things blow up. Now, I'm not saying that you don't trust one another, all right, in the family of God. But trusting one another, here we are talking about depending, all right, relying on man's help. In any relationship, there must be some elements of trust, otherwise it will not work. But when you are just depending on man and looking to man, that's when disappointments will come in. God says, don't. And some of us, we trust ourselves. The Bible here says, Jeremiah 17, 5, Cursed is he, not just who trusts in man, but who draws strength from mere flesh. It's not just talking about others, but maybe talking about yourself. You are drawing strength from your own flesh, from yourself. You are depending upon yourself. We cannot rely on our own understanding of situations and circumstances. That's why Proverbs 3, 5, in the Amplified Version says, Lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And what? Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. The translation here is insight or understanding. It covers a whole gamut of our life. It includes our own qualifications, our own abilities, our own experiences. Why is it that we cannot rely on this? Because we do not understand fully. We do not know fully. Our understanding is limited. Our mind is finite. Sometimes I can't even depend, I can't even trust my own decision. Is this the right decision or should I decide that way? We are double-minded. And if we just rely upon our own inside our understanding, there will be a lot of disappointments. Now, it doesn't mean that all our experiences, all our training are useless. We can throw it. No, God gave us a brain and a common sense, all right? You don't throw that away. But we are not relying upon that. Every situation is different. It requires the divine understanding from God. And can you imagine this verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5? Does not come from a man who doesn't know about life at all. It comes from the wisest man on earth. King Solomon wrote it. Filled with the wisdom of God. The wisest man on earth tell us, don't rely on your own understanding. Don't rely on your own wisdom. So what's the alternative? Trust God. Tell your neighbor and say, trust God. Trust God. Not, not others, not yourself, but trust God. This is the only sensible alternative because the Bible says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord. The trust will give us empowerment. And when you rely on God, it releases blessings. 
We are empowered to succeed. succeed. Success comes when we place our trust in God and God alone. God is very clear. The Bible is very clear. God blesses those who trust Him. Not only Jeremiah says it, Isaiah says it, the psalmist says it. In Psalms 146 verse 5, the Lord God blesses everyone who trusts Him and depends on Him. If the promise of the Bible is so clear, it all depends on who you depend on. So who are you going to depend on? The Lord blesses everyone who trusts Him and depends on Him. And what will happen? The picture is just so fantastic. Jeremiah 17 verse 8, we will be like trees planted along the river bank, you know, connected to the source of nourishment. The Lord is near, He's continually available. We are rooted, made strong in the Word of God. The Lord continues to provide abundantly. We are not bothered by the heat. We are not worried because the Lord God is our refuge and our confidence. Our leaves always stay green. There will be life and growth and we will bear delicious and uh, 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 fruit, the Lord will bear fruit through us. So therefore, trust in the Lord. Just get this. The key to discovering all the riches of God is trusting Him. That's the key. The key to discovering all of the riches of God is trusting Him. Proverbs 16, 20, whoever trusts in the Lord, happy, happy is He. On the currency of the United States of America, there is that imprint, in God we trust. It went back Way, way back during the Civil War, when a preacher wrote to the Treasury Department and says that we may have lost faith, we may, there's a danger of losing faith in God. There must be something in our nation that reminds us of trusting in God. And from that one letter from a preacher to the Treasury Secretary, he put it into action, Congress passed it, and there is that imprint in God we trust. Whether they still practice it today or not is a different thing. But the forefathers understood the importance of trusting God, not just for themselves, but for the nation. That's what makes America great. Can we say, in God we trust? And in none other. There are abundant scriptures that exhort us to trust God. Psalms 34 verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Psalms 56 verse 3, Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Psalms 143 verse 8. 
Ephesians 1.13 says, In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. We have trusted in the Lord and in God we trust. So who are you going to trust? Trust others? Trust yourself? Or trust God? Should we trust in ourselves or in others who are sinful, unpredictable, unreliable, have limited wisdom, and who frequently make bad choices and decisions swayed by emotion? Or do we trust in the all-wise, all-knowing, all-powerful, gracious, merciful, loving God who has good intentions for us? The choice is obvious, isn't it? Trust God. But what do we mean when we say, trust God? What do we mean? You see, when you trust in man, you use your head. But when you trust in the Lord, you use your heart. And when you trust in the Lord, sometimes He asks you to do crazy things. It doesn't gel in your head. But your heart says, go for it. We cannot always rationalize God. Now, of course, there are checks and balance. All right, you will know it. What does it mean to trust in the Lord? It means putting your hope and confidence in God alone. It means trusting Him completely with your whole heart. It means seeking Him before we do anything else. Don't jump straight in, but seek Him first. It means having faith that He knows what is best for your life. It means embracing what God is saying to us. It means acting upon the Word of God. It means admitting that we are not in control of our lives. It means allowing Him to fill every area of our life. That's what it means, trusting God. In case we miss that, what does it mean? What does it not mean? What does it not mean? It does not mean that we are careless or become indifferent. We face a situation, ah, I just trust God, lah. just trust God, okay, lah. trust God. Lah. But that is a careless or indifferent attitude. No, 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 that's not trusting God. That is indifference or apathy or carelessness. Trust is a definite attitude of soul and mind, a realization of our own need and God's sufficiency. It is anchoring ourselves in God, not being careless or indifferent. Trust does not mean shutting our eyes to the facts. House burning down, you sitting in the room, trusting God. Hey, you're going to be killed. That's not trusting God, that's foolishness. You do not shut your eyes to the facts. Trust looks at things as they are. It sees the need. Does not try to disguise it. It sees the difficulties. Does not try to discount it. But seeing all this, it looks beyond and sees God as our all-sufficient help. There is no fear in trust. You may be struck by, struck by fear, but that fear does not grip your heart. You are able to sing, just like the psalmist. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. It is just like the testimony of John Wesley, who was in, traveling in a boat across the Atlantic. 
And then there was a storm and the boat was in danger of being capsized. The ship was in danger of being shipwrecked. And everybody was panicky. There were cries and there were shouts of alarm. And even John Wesley himself, before his conversion experience, he was also panicky, gripped with fear. But then he saw a group of missionaries. There in that boat were, were a group of Moravian missionaries. And they were so calm, they were so peaceful. There was not even any indication of fear in their eyes. They were worshipping God, singing praises to Him and praying to God. And when John Wesley saw that, he asked them, Hey, are you all not afraid we are going to sink and die? He says, No. Our trust is in God. And that testimony drew John Wesley to that faith in God. There is no fear. There is no worry in trust. When we worry about anything, we have not committed it to God at all. There is no murmuring in trust. There is no bitterness in, past, uh, in, in trust. There is only peace. The peace that passes understanding. That's what trust means. That's what trust will bring to each and every one of us. You see, trusting God is an active positive thing. A, pa a passive submission or surrender to circumstances is not trust. When you don't know what to do, you just simply say, ah, oh, trust God lah. But, you know, there was, there's just a nonchalant, nonchalant kind of uh, an attitude. That's not trust. That is fatalism. Trust means working with God to produce the results. Trust implies submission and obedience. I will trust and not be afraid. That is the way God wants us to trust Him. Man says, show me and I will trust you. But God says, trust me and I will show you. That's the way it works. So God is saying to us, just trust me. Just trust me. Whatever that you are going through. You may not understand. Just trust me, God says. Do you trust God in everything? In your life? In your family? In your career? In your work? In your studies? In your health? Everything, everything. We are not just talking about certain departments of your life, but everything. Do you trust Him? Are you able to say, God, I trust you with my life? After all, you gave it to me. Isn't that true? God is the only person that you can trust with your life. Literally trust Him with your life. That's what I've done with my life 40 over years ago. And today I'm still trusting Him. He has never, ever failed. I will trust you. I will trust in you, O oh God. As the song says, how many of you still know? Only the oldies will know this. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. How many of you still know that? Come on, let me, okay. Thank you, oldies. 
<laughs> it's good to be in the oldies who know something, all right, that has gripped our heart in the past. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. I will trust you, O oh God. But even our trust in God, whoever we are, is not complete. Trusting God is not as simple as it seems. When we are put to the test, when something happens in our life, that's when we are tested. Will you trust God? It's easy to say, now I trust you, O oh God, when everything is going fine. And so you find that every one of us, does not matter how old you are as a Christian, we are still learning to trust God. Let me quickly give you five steps to trusting God more or perhaps completely in your life. The first area is to know God, to know Him. You see, we cannot trust someone we don't know. And that is the secret of learning to trust God. That is the secret of learning to trust, to know. And to know God is to trust Him. The better you know God, the easier it is to trust Him. Can we know Him? Do we know Him? John the Apostle, the one who was closest to Jesus, he wrote this to the church in John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know Him. You know Him who is from the beginning. Now, He gave certain characteristics of fathers, spiritual fathers who are older in the faith. In 1 John chapter 2, He also wrote to the young men who, who, and their characteristics, they are strong. And He also wrote to little children but to the fathers, he repeatedly said, I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him from the beginning. God wants to reveal himself to us. And those who walk in him, press in to know God even more. Not just hate knowledge, but from the heart. To experience the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And when you know Him, you can put your full trust in Him. The DNA of trust is this. God is trustworthy. That's the DNA of trust. Our God is trustworthy. When you have somebody who is trustworthy, hey, you don't worry anymore. You can trust everything to the person. Just like Potiphar, when he met Joseph, Joseph was a trustworthy man. And Potiphar can just trust Joseph with everything. Everything. He runs the house, you know, he, 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 he controls the finance, he runs everything. He's trustworthy. How much more God? Our God is a trustworthy God. Somebody say Amen. He's totally trustworthy. There's no one who is like Him. You know Him. You have experienced Him. He never lies. He never fails to fulfill His promises. 
He has proven himself faithful again and again and again. And he cares for you. He has always provided for you. He is trustworthy, totally, absolutely trustworthy. He's not like man. So God can be trusted. The eminent scholar, Dr. Walter Brueggemann, he did an entire study on the Old Testament. He did a study on the book of Jeremiah. And he says, one central theme through the 1,500 years of history in the Old Testament, the central theme of the Old Testament that stands out as the central truth of all time across 1,500 years of the journey of the people of Israel is this. God can be trusted. God can be trusted. Our God can be trusted. That's what the Old Testament is all about. Through the experiences of the people of Israel. And individuals there, you can trust the Lord in His ability, His knowledge, His power, His divine care, His providence, His love, His mercy, His grace. When you know Him, you know you can trust Him with your very life. Abraham was commanded by God Sacrifice your son, Isaac. Maybe he rationalized in his mind. What? What kind of a God is this? Maybe he tried his own way. Let me find that animal. No, but he did not do any of that. When God asked him to sacrifice his son, Isaac, he obeyed. Why? Because he already has that experiential knowledge of God. He knows God. And this is a crazy thing to do, but he trusted God. And when his son Isaac asked, where's, where's the animal? There's the fire, there's everything, where's the animal? Abraham, from his experience of God, says, God will provide, don't worry. And when he placed his son on that altar and, and he took up that knife and about to plunge in, in his heart, he knows that even if he were to kill Isaac and sacrifice Isaac and Isaac dies, God is able to raise Isaac up. That's how much trust he has in God. You see, many of us say we believe in God. Hey, even the devils believe in God. We say we believe in God, but do you trust God? These are two different things. We will elaborate more about the difference between faith and trust. Many of us say we have faith, but trust is something else. Many of us say we love God, but trust is something else. If there's one thing that God desires from any of us more than anything else, is trust. Absolute trust. And when you learn of the Bible, you know for sure 
God is trustworthy. He can be trusted. Feed on the Word of God. This is a good habit that really makes a difference. How do you learn to trust in God? We have to habitually study the Word of God to really have confidence in God and know that we can hear Him. Saturate our heart. Saturate our mind with the Word of God. Replace all the negative thoughts with the promises of God's Word. Number three, we have to pray and seek the Lord. When we pray, we admit that God knows better. His ways are higher. But we still need to pray. We still need to cry out to God. When you cry out to God, you are showing your dependence on Him. Psalms 84 verse 5, You bless all who depend on you for their strength. Are we depending on God for strength? Those who trust in the Lord for help will find their strength renewed. They will rise with wings and eagles, run and not get weary, walk and not grow weak. Isaiah 40, 31. And listen here. Psalm, 70, Psalm 73, verse 26. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Micah 7, verse 7, I trust the Lord to save me. And I will wait for Him to answer my prayer. When you pray, you have to learn to rest in God and wait for an answer from Him. He will answer. Many times, we do not trust God because we cannot wait. We cannot wait, and instead we do our own things. God says, learn to wait on Him, and He will bring it to pass. Somebody say, Amen. He will bring it to pass. Number four, we have to commit and surrender. Surrender is a commitment to depend on Him. That's what it is. Surrender yourself and all your needs to God. Brandon Manning, in his book, Ruthless Trust, calls child childlike surrender in trust as the defining spirit of authentic discipleship. Who is the most trusting person? You find that it's the little children. The children are so trusting. Especially upon their parents. The parent put a child up on the stool or on the table. Take a few steps back and want to play with the child. Say, jump, jump. I will catch you. Don't worry. I will catch you. What will the child do? Most children being playful, they will trust in their parents and just jump. And of course, your parents, loving parents, they'll catch. And some parents, oh, they catch a baby or a little child, toddler, and throw in the air and catch. And the child, was the child afraid? No, the child laughed. <laughs> more, 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 more. I want more. True, true, true. Because the child trusts the parent that the parent will catch him or her. And there's total abandonment. There's a childlike trust. 
Now, it can be dangerous if we're strangers, but we are talking about parents who love the child. And God wants us to relate to Him in that manner. Total abandonment. Surrender to Him in all things. God has a plan for each one of our lives. God says, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. Do you trust me? And number five, we have to rest in the Lord. Decide not to worry or fear. Fret not. Do not be anxious. Rest in the Lord. When you have surrendered things into the hands of, of, of the Lord, you can rest in Him and just trust Him to bring it about. You can worry or you can trust. You can worry or you can trust God, but you cannot do both. So take your pick. It's less stressful to, to trust God than to worry. Worry doesn't bring about any good results. But when you trust God and rest in Him, friends, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Blessed is the man who trusts in God. So learning how to trust the Lord, we have to know Him, feed on His Word, pray and seek Him, commit and surrender and rest in the Lord. Let's read Psalm 62, verse 5 to verse 7 together, shall we? Shall we stand? Let this be our confession. Let this be our declaration. It all depends on who you depend on. And what are you going to say? I depend on God alone. I put my hope in Him. He alone protects and saves me. He is my defender and I shall never be defeated. My salvation and honour depend on God. He is my strong protector. He is my shelter. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. And even right now, dear Lord, we declare that we depend on you and you alone, O oh God. Oh Lord, we thank you that you are such a loving God, such a powerful God, full of grace and mercy, and you have chosen us, you have loved us, and Lord, you have called us to be your children, dear Lord, to be your very own. We thank you, dear Lord, that you are faithful in every area, dear Lord. And you are trustworthy, trustworthy, totally, absolutely. And so today, we put our trust in you, dear God. So Lord, even today, dear God, touch your people. Teach us, dear Lord, to trust in you. Forgive us for the times, dear Lord, that we, when we have trusted upon ourselves and upon others, dear Lord, when you are there to help us, dear God, when you have stretched out your arms to hold us, to embrace us, dear Lord. But today, we declare, dear Lord, we trust in you and you alone, oh God. Hallelujah. And now, as you have said that you have trusted in the Lord, Will you trust in Him for every areas of your life? Perhaps you are facing certain situations. 
Perhaps you are in certain circumstances. Perhaps you are facing certain challenges. And all it takes for you to do right now is totally trust in God. Perhaps you are, you are, you are facing a dead end in your life, in your, in, in, your, in your job, in your family, in your marriage. And only that trust in God will help, will bring about that life again. And today you want to declare, God, I want to trust in you. I want to surrender everything to you and just trust in you. We are going to pray for you in a few moments. We can pray for a lot of things, but above all else is our, our salvation. Will you trust in God for our salvation? Only Jesus Christ can save us when He died on the cross and He rose again. He died for our sins to remove all our sins and all that it takes for you to go to heaven, all that it takes for you to have your sins forgiven is to trust in Jesus and the finished work of Calvary. If you have not trusted in Jesus, if you have not made Him the Lord of your life, you want to do so today. As everybody's praying, can I invite you to just raise a hand of yours and put it down again. How many of you want to trust in Jesus as your Saviour? Quickly, just raise up that hand and put it down again. When I see that hand, I'll pray for you. Is there somebody like that? Raise up again. Raise up your hand. Let me see your hand. Hallelujah. Is there somebody like that? Is there somebody like that? Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Will you trust in Jesus as your Savior? Is there somebody? Yes, I... Alright, there's somebody there. Okay, praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. Hallelujah. I think I saw one hand over on my left, but I'm not sure. Alright. If you have raised, you want to trust in Jesus, don't be shy, don't be ashamed. Just raise up that hand. This is the most important decision you can ever make in your life to trust in Almighty God who has given us His Son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in Him and trusts in Him will be saved. One last call. Is there somebody else like that? You want to trust in Jesus? Just come. That's right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand for this brother again. Can you come? We are going to pray in a few moments. But we are trusting God not just for our salvation. There are many areas in your life you need to just place that absolute trust in the Lord. As we are going to worship the Lord in a few moments, I'm going to invite you to come to the front. Alright, as we worship the Lord in the song, you can just come to the front. You need to trust God completely. If you haven't fully, you know, trusted in the Lord in every situation, haven't surrendered to Him, will you come and, and trust the Lord, you know, and, 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 and believe Him and trust Him even to work in that situation and circumstances, whether it be for healing, whether it be for provision, or whatever it is, you just come. Or whatever it be in a putting back of relationship in your family, whether it be the restoration of trust among family members, will you please come and bring that needs to the Lord as we worship Him?